Designed to spark curiosity and conversation, Art Plus Information is an evening of performance lectures where art brings big ideas to life. It invites audiences to watch three scientists bring theatre and science together to challenge and champion each other. One of those speakers is Dr Mitchell Gibbs, a Dungari man and geoscientist. Mitch says that science can learn a lot from the arts, starting with not being too strict, too one-dimensional. I spoke to Mitch ahead of Art Plus Science about holistic knowledge and how he's translating dirty science for a new audience. I actually started in forensic science and then I did an honours in that and then I originally thought I wanted to be a forensic scientist, but didn't end up. I uh, got asked to do a PhD and uh, this lady asked me if I wanted to do it and I just said, oh, well, like, I'll hear her out, see what she has to say kind of thing. Her name was Pauline Ross, still is. And so I went there and um, and then she spoke to me about um, oysters and the benefits they have for the environment and then uh, how that would change due to climate change and what I my project would be. So like looking at how that would change over generations and based on their energetic reserves. And so I got really interested in it. And I think like I felt as soon as I started that I was going to be so much more content um, with my life doing it that way than going into forensic science. So You're part of Art and Information. Your particular performance mm-hmm. is called The Humble Oyster. What is it? Well, I think that that uh, really just talks uh, mostly about how I've transitioned in my, I guess, understanding of oysters and understanding the, um, the way in which they uh, impact our environment. Um, but that starts with a story from me, I guess, uh, growing up and then learning from, um, elders in Kempsey and then, um, then going through a schooling system to what we have now and then into university. Um, and then obviously into the PhD that I'd done and, um, and looking at that, those oysters and that. Um, and then from there being able to go back to community and actually learn, um, proper knowledge that way instead of through books where um, it's very, again, one-dimensional. It's not um, it's not a holistic sense of what's actually happening in the environment. So um, I guess it's a full picture of um, my journey into that, but also um, how our understandings of oysters is different between um, PhD sort of understandings and Indigenous knowledge's understanding. When you've been sitting with your work, your PhD for four years, how did you come at it from an art perspective? Like how did you start to think about translating it for this space and a new audience? Well, I guess I have to say that I uh, had some very good direction. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, and like one of the things that they were saying, like when I do lectures, I try to make it much more conversational anyway. And that's what they, um, so they being um, Paul Dwyer with the university there and um, Kate as well. And so she, both of them were like really directing it in a way that makes it so much more open for people to connect with. And I guess, yeah, I guess on my side of things, just thinking of it as a way in which I'd generally have a conversation instead of worrying too much about results, not worrying too much about the nitty gritty intricate details that some people really start to delve into, but um, having more of a holistic picture and like, don't get me wrong, in parts, because they did want to have some sort of like, as um, Paul would say, like dirty science. He wanted to have some sort of all of that science stuff in there, but it's not like the whole thing is, the whole thing's a story. Like, 
It's not about what findings I found or how important they are or how not important they are, but more about, I guess, the process of that. Does this mean it's a talk that people without a science degree will understand? Obviously, like this is very different to, let's say, a normal lecture that I do. And so, like, let's say with a normal lecture, I'll talk in, I guess, ways to portray the information and to house that information in, in, let's say, like graphs and things like that. But obviously in this context, we're not doing that. Like we're not going to have graphs just sitting on the board and I'm going to be sitting there telling people what those points were and the standard deviation and all that sort of stuff. It's more about, for me anyway, and like it's different for everyone, I guess, for the other two people doing it as well. But I think for me, it's much more of a just a like sit down and converse. And so taking a step back from what I would say is like that traditional Western methodology of lecturing and maybe much more of something that we'd um, do back home or do with elders in general is just like have a have a conversation, have just sit down and talk and let things come out. It's funny to think about the kinds of lectures that you do as a performance, but in reality they kind of are. And they're, they're a performance that are for a very particular audience, which yeah. is why those like... Right. You're a multidisciplinary artist who's bringing in <laughs> graphs as your visual aids, who's bringing in kind of a particular style. Are you thinking about like music and visual kind of elements or anything like that? That's Yeah. So a lot of visual stuff, especially like, so it talks about a lot of the troubles that I had through my PhD in general. And that was in 2019, my dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And at the end of 2019, my parents' house burnt down in the fires and so like there's visual aids kind of as part of that to, and I guess, I guess Paul saw like the um, artistic people side of things, their, um, their sense is that people can connect to that. So they can see, I guess, some of the destruction from the fires or maybe the way my dad looks quite skinny in some of the photos from after him doing chemo and, and those sorts of things. And it's much more of a, like, it's like, I guess when... When you're, um, people used to come back from overseas and they had their slideshow of photos and they're like, oh, you got to come around. We've got hours long of photos. It's like, oh, Jesus. But it's not hopefully as boring as that, but, um, but parts of which people can connect to in, in particular ways. Cause, um, there's like, as I said, there is parts of it that is, I guess, sciencey people who want to understand that will be able to, I guess, take that for where they want to. And then there'll be parts that are much more, I guess, um, social side of things. And so, um, much more, um, adaptable for anyone to really connect to. So, yeah. I have to laugh when you talk about holiday, like slideshows, one of the best that I've ever encountered, Dr. Carl, um, who is a science communicator and Mm. maybe this is why, I got to know him quite well a few years ago and he went on this incredible trip to the Antarctic and when he came back, he brought along a slide of seven photos to encapsulate his entire trip. Yeah, see, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. You could take that. Yeah, I was like, this is mind-blowing. Imagine, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is what I mean. We're talking about curating. We're talking about yeah. thoughtful kind of... Um, <laughs> Artistic direction. Yeah, I I definitely think that uh, especially the um, people who are working as part of it, they're really like obviously they don't want that. They don't want it to be boring because you're showing the same photo four times. But um, but it is it is something that um, I guess moves in a way that is 
connecting. And so like every part of it, um, and for my story anyway, um, it kind of goes in a circle in, um, whereas other people like, um, Beth or Tara's there's, um, goes in a different way as well. So it's, um, I think that, but they all kind of, I guess, revolve around time cause everything kind of does, but <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed a bit of an uptick in the value that people are placing on indigenous knowledges. That's like as an outsider that's looking mm. at kind of the space that you inhabit. Are you noticing a change? Yeah, definitely. Like um, obviously after 2019 when we had those um, big bushfires, um, there's so much research going into Indigenous methodologies around fire management and and like should have been done anyway. Uh, I guess something's better than nothing. But that's the one of the problems I feel with the marine side though is that if we have such a drastic change to really prompt us to start looking at Indigenous knowledges, it's already too far. We can't come back. Like, um, fortunately, terrestrially or on Earth, we have a lot of ways to rejuvenate and a lot of ways to come back. In the water, we don't really have those. And so if we have big things happen and then someone says, oh, well, we should have looked at Indigenous knowledges, it's like, well, it's now too late. Like, so... Uh, I guess going back to your question, uh, it is it is changing a lot. We are seeing uh, a lot more involvement with Indigenous communities. The problem, though, is that I think through research, um, they still, a lot of researchers have their value of research and their, I guess, standard time protocols that they're trying to get to and, and have information by a certain point and all that sort of stuff where they're not, they're putting their values of research onto an Indigenous community not accepting the Indigenous community's values of research, which may not be anything to the Indigenous community because many, many communities have been poorly treated in the research sector. And so I think um, while there is more occurring at, at the moment, and only from what I've seen, I don't know if it's done right at the moment, but at least something's happening. That's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've kind of already answered this, but I guess um, the kind of natural question is what what impact do you think that will have as we go forward? For communities in general, I think it will have a big impact, especially when we're talking about restoration of habitats. Um, if we can do it in a way that is beneficial to the community, community can live on these organisms as well, then it makes it profitable for everyone, not just for the habitat. Now, the habitat obviously needs also to be kept up, but community members as stakeholders, they need to be engaged properly as well. Uh, and that again, uh, hasn't been happening, I don't think, properly. But I think that we're moving in the right direction. Uh, unfortunately, though, things are slow, and that's because people don't really like change. That was Dr Mitchell Gibbs. Mitch is one of three speakers being featured at Art Plus Information at the Seymour Centre in Sydney. You can catch the talk on November the 17th to the 26th and learn all about exploding stars, small pleasures, and, of course the humble oyster. I'll pop a link to the event on Away's show page. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.